This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's take a closer look at what's happening around the country with Canadian Press Weekend News Editor Michelle McQuig. Hey, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Dave. So, Michelle, we've got a couple stories out of Ontario and one out of BC. Let's begin with masking in Ontario. The top doctor Mm -hmm. of the province will be holding a press conference later today. What's expected? Actually, it's even happening as we speak. Yeah. Um, So what is expected? We got confirmation. My colleague Liam Casey nailed this down over the weekend that he, uh, Dr. Kieran Moore, who's the chief medical officer here in Ontario, is expected to recommend that the public start masking up. But he is not actually going to impose a masking mandate. So it's it's a hard recommendation, apparently. We don't have the exact terms of the announcement yet. But the mandate does appear to be off the table. And uh, anytime we tried to dig in a little bit on more of this, we haven't had a chance to to pose those questions to the chief medical officer himself. Uh, but the premier was up yesterday as well. And when faced with that question, he simply diverted to saying, well, I'm going to follow Dr. Moore's advice. So that advice is, 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 as I said, unfolding even as we speak. Yeah, the premier uh, said, <clears throat> mask when you can, get a booster and get a flu shot. Those are the three things you. Those are the three things you should do. Um, it's it is interesting, Michelle, because the masking in terms of mandates in most cases officially came down pretty much everywhere as of a few weeks ago when the federal government said airplanes, trains, no masks necessary anymore. And now it feels like just a couple of weeks later with the flu, with the flu virus, the RSV, and of course COVID still lingering around. It seems like all of a sudden they've got to start uh, pulling back on these, these threads a little bit, but again, maybe uh, staying away from the word mandate because we know it's not controversial at all. You're yeah, no kidding. And, and yet the, those calls are mounting. Uh, we're, we're seeing that in Ontario. Quebec as well is also seeing uh, more of a renewed push for masking mandates. And the big driver there uh, for Simpsons fan, get your Helen Lovejoy voice going because it's all about the children. Mm. Um, the, there are a huge influx of, of kids coming into pediatric hospitals to the point where Ontario's pediatric system is officially operating over capacity now in terms of those in the ICU, um, pediatric wards. Uh, one very prominent children's hospital in the Ottawa area, Chio, has had to open a second emergency room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sick Kids has had to start ramping down surgeries. That's, of course, one of the bigger children's hospitals in, in the country. Um, and this is really what is driving this masking recommendation, both here and in Quebec, where there's a similar pediatric wave going on right now. So with all of those factors at play, driven largely by the three viruses that you named, Dave, um, there really is mounting pressure on the healthcare system in a way we haven't yet seen through the course of this pandemic. And that's what's driving mounting calls for those masking mandates to return, because some Mm. people are saying that when left to their own devices, if they have a choice after mandatory masking for X number of years, they're not going to do it now. And they feel that it's important to uh, to push yeah. that message. Well, yeah. I've had two doozy colds in the last month. Let me tell you, if uh, wearing a mask could have prevented one of those, I would have absolutely worn that thing more often. But I got greedy. Uh... I, Michelle, I got greedy one day. I went on public transit and didn't put my mask on. And we saw what happened. Dave, Dave, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, boys. I'll tell you this, after my recent brush with COVID, I ordered myself a 50-pack of KN95s. Okay, there you go. Yeah, exactly. There's there's still a lot of places out there where wearing that mask is a very, 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 very good idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. M- Michelle, let's jump over to the economy 
in Ontario because masks mm-hmm. aren't the only thing on the agenda in Ontario today. The province will also release its fall economic update. Michelle, even before we get to the update, what did the province announce yesterday around the gas tax? Yeah, that was a slightly unexpected announcement. Uh, for those who don't live in Ontario, the province recently imposed a, a, a reduction to the gas and fuel taxes in this province. They cut them by about 5.7 cents a litre for gas, and I believe it's 5.3 for fuel to regulate them both at 9 cents a litre. That was a tax cut that was supposed to only be in place until the end of the year. And then yesterday, Premier Ford came out and announced that it was going to be extended for one more year, so that it will now run until the end of 2023. And he's citing inflation pressures as the main driver for that Mm. decision. I'm going to come back to the word expectations. But most fall economic statements are not necessarily the most critical document of all time. But considering the Ontario budget wasn't necessarily a true blue document in the sense that an election was called before it was actually passed. Michelle, any shockers expected in today's budget or update? Not necessarily, but there, there, there is a bit of push and pull going on here. The, the Financial Accountability Office in, in Ontario, which is basically the province's financial watchdog, has kind of called the government out for what it perceives as a lack of transparency on provincial finances. Uh, the government has been talking about uh, surplus numbers that are, are are quite different than what we've been seeing so far. Uh, the FAO does seem to think of the provinces in sound financial shape, but it does want some more details on how the government intends to spend a lot of contingency funds. So uh, some clarity around the surpluses, how we got there, how they intend to ramp up over the next few years, because they're currently projected to re- rise quite steeply, in fact, in the, in the next few years. Uh, that plus a lot of chat talk around the contingency funds. Of course, uh, healthcare spending is always going to be a big one. These are some of the bigger issues that are going to be watched for in this uh, in this update that's coming down later today. Very good. A busy day in Ontario, as it always tends to be on a Monday. <laughs> and there's more. They're going to re- the, the law that uh, imposed the contract and ban striking for the education workers. Remember that whole story that the process to repeal that law gets underway today as well. So it is a busy one. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be uh, yes. Ontario reporters <laughs> are going to be uh, pulling out the hair today. Kind of like how reporters in British Columbia have been pulling out their hair the last couple of weeks, trying to wrap their heads around some issues of police jurisdiction and municipal (laughs) politics and some of the wrangling around that one. Michelle, this one can get a little bit convoluted in understanding local police forces, new forces and old forces and local politicians. So I'll kind of like step aside here and give you a second to lay this out. Sure. And I'll try to do this as in broad strokes as possible, but I really would recommend you look up uh, the story by my colleague Amy Smart over the weekend. She did a great job exploring this issue in some more depth. And her real uh, litmus test for this whole issue was the Surrey, BC, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a, a, a suburb of Vancouver, where a lot of... In Canada, the overview is that a lot of areas outside of major cities are policed by the RCMP. And this is really kind of the central issue here as various cities either wrestle with establishing their own municipal forces, joining forces with other municipalities, or maintaining the RCMP. And you have all kinds of competing schools of thought, and it is a real political hot potato, and Amy lays that out from the the recent municipal elections in BC. Mm -hmm. This was a hot button issue in a number of races, and it did turn out to be a really defining one in a few. Uh, Currently, Vancouver has a mayor who wants to expand the Vancouver police force, so there's no jurisdiction issue there, but it's a real law and order kind of focus. In Surrey, though, where they have broken with the RCMP and taken great pains to establish their own force, they've got almost 300 officers now, they've spent millions of dollars on this, 
um, they have now a mayor who wants to scrap all this and return to the RCMP model. And that's really where that battle is playing out in, in, in the most vivid form right now. But it is happening elsewhere. And it's quite a complicated issue just because of all the various rules around forces. It's not easy to just up and move from mm -hmm. one force to another mm -hmm. if you don't want to do this, right? The various forces have different policies in terms of what rank they would hire at, uh, different kinds of trading requirements that might preclude people from transferring forces. It's really quite complicated, and uh, it's, it's an interesting issue that Amy has taken a good look at here. Like, really, really great piece that Amy wrote, but it's so fascinating because the word jurisdiction, I know that's one that makes people's eyes glaze over whenever they kind of whenever they kind of hear it, oh, the jurisdiction is going to be boring. It's so <laughs> fascinating that you have municipal politicians advocating for a change that's in the hands, technically, of the province to then hire the national police force, right? It's like that's like so bizarre. <laughs> Talk about a jurisdictional stew, but yeah, absolutely. That, that is that is very much the case. And there are places where where the RTMP is is the favored option. It's really interesting, and there doesn't I, for, on that one. You'd have to go even deeper into the weeds to understand the you know the reasons behind why certain municipalities favor one force over the other. But it's. Uh, mm -hmm. A much more complicated issue than I think a lot of people realized. And and we are hearing, <clears throat> of course, this is all playing out against the backdrop of a lot of critiques of the RCMP, not just from BC either. Of course, uh, they've taken a lot of heat out east for their handling of the Nova Scotia shooting mm -hmm. in, in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, lots of other uh, critiques around RCMP culture uh, and the way their staff are treated. So, yeah, we, we just talked about that last week or the week before about a report about some transparency in the way they're treating staff. Exactly. So there's uh, the RCMP is not without its baggage right now, but it's also not without its supporters and advocates. So it's it's quite an interesting situation. Michelle, thank you for walking us through that one. That's a little bit convoluted. You did a great job. Thank you very much. But go read Amy's story. Go read Amy's story. Did, go, did a better job than me. So. Yeah, go read Amy's smart story. It was excellent, excellent, excellent. Michelle, I won't be here on Friday, officially on vacation. So you have a fun time on oh. the news panel with Joita and Alex. Thank you, and you have a great break. Oof, going to Montreal, so uh, break indeed. Uh, that's Michelle McQuig, <laughs> the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.